right, riddle me this, Kev. What's one of the first upgrades you should do to your vehicle? What is it? What do you go for? Well, you might think power, but ultimately, from a smart and safe perspective, definitely the brakes. Yeah, no doubt. Upgraded braking systems can really transform a vehicle's performance and honestly give you better peace of mind behind the wheel in any situation. You know, from the track to off-road trails, even the morning commute, every single vehicle deserves performance brakes at an affordable price. And no matter what your vehicle or driving style, PowerStop has complete brake upgrade kits for you. So head to PowerStop.com, fill in your vehicle's information into their easy-to-use brake finder to be matched with complete kits and components that are low-dust, noise-free, and feature upgraded stopping power. That's right. You could join the thousands of other drivers that have already transformed their vehicle into a stopping powerhouse today with PowerStop. PowerStop.com, brake upgrades made easy. It is the Two Guys Garage Podcast. He is Kevin Bird. I am Willie B. And fired up today, man. We're going, dude, we're going boldly where rare podcasts, few podcasts have gone before. We're going to dive into the world of battery power, EV, electric cars. What? It's, what? Look, imagine a full-size, full-contact RC car. That's, that's what we're talking about. Those things ripping, just controlling. My, I got an RC car over here that does 74 miles an hour, dude. It's stupid. And it's all-wheel drive. It's crazy. Imagine just that, grown up and on steroids. That's the kind of craziness we're talking nowadays, but it's out there. And Hypercraft, the company we're talking to, they're building them uh, exactly to what your needs and specs are, which is insano in the braino. Yeah, I mean, the OEs are doing their thing, whatever it is. They're going that way. They're going that way. They're doing something in the middle. Whatever. At some point, we can latch on to whatever they might spit out that's super cool. In the meantime, yeah. the aftermarket is doing their own thing, right? They're, like, they're not constrained by trying to appease the masses or whatever regulations and balancing cafe. They're just going, man, how the heck do we go as fast as a scaled up RC car? And how quickly yeah. can we do it? How easy can we make it? And when we talk about scaled up, we're talking about these guys right now are at king of the hammer, right? So they're out there racing a couple platforms. They're talking about racing a whole bunch more. Um, so this is getting serious in the performance and race and aftermarket uh, space. And it's going to be really cool, interesting to see how it morphs in with the OEs at some point, right? Look, and that, look I, I know there's people out there in the podcast. I feel you, man. Yeah. Look what I'm surrounded by. I'm surrounded by big horsepower, 66 Dodge Charger Hellcat engine. Got my Skyline GTR over here. Got a yeah. blown Camaro over there. Got a super stock over here. Look, man, I live just, you know, gasoline, boost, nitrous. I, b b believe me, I, I understand. There's a large portion of us out there that is trying to fight this tsunami wave of electric power and performance. But I hate to be the bearer of bad news. You're going to lose. <laughs> well, let me ask you this, Willie. Would you ever go back to a gas-powered or even a nitro uh, uh, RC car. RC car? No, not a chance. Yeah, and no, I don't know no. how many people ever would because they got spanked by the EV. It was... Yeah, by some brushless, crazy four-wheel drive, 74-mile-an-hour pickup right. truck. You know? It's crazy. So it really is a wild time. I'm so fortunate for me that I get to be in this this evolution where you get a little bit of the, the grandiose of 
everything that gasoline has given us. And I honest to God, I think gasoline still has a massive future. I think, you know, inevitably there's going to be a little combination, the hybrid vehicle where you got a little electric getting us rolling started and you got, you know, gasoline bringing in big power for longevity and, and long range stuff. I think that's inevitably going to be where we end up. However, this back and forth of big power and crazy performance and the, the, the new era of what electric vehicles are doing in performance. I mean, you take any car guy, and I don't care if he's a road course guy or a drag race guy, you cannot beat the performance of electric and the things and options it presents you. Talking about low CG, right? Crazy low CG. And that makes all the difference in a road course, you know, the ability to put as much power as you want and have it, you know, there just whack it away, man, at your throttle. It's yeah. just instant torque curves. And easy all-wheel drive. Yeah. Easy, I mean, because... Right, once we blew past five, six hundred, now it's like, oh, how do we even get it on the ground below like 80 miles an hour, right? Now you got all-wheel drive options. You've got essentially, you know, traction control that could be any four wheels. It, it gets insane. It does, man. And the performance is, yeah, is so mind-blowing. Uh, it's just out of this world to sit in one of these cars and drive it because the performance is is evolutionary. It's a big, massive leap. It's like going from this old thing to this crazy new thing. And I realize it doesn't make noise, and I love the noise too, but there's something about this new crazy performance. You're, you're getting that tickle spot, and you're telling me that you haven't felt in a long time, especially at your age. Especially. Yeah, and we've got, we've got two guys that are at the forefront in the aftermarket side from Hypercraft. So we've got Kirk Miller, and we've got Jake Hawksworth. Uh, and these guys are pushing the boundaries. And, and hopefully they'll walk us through, like, kind of where are we where are we headed and you know i was at sema this year and the ev section at sema is growing like growing growing from let's say the manufacturers of the powertrains to the builders and what people are doing with them and i think in a lot of cases this is going to snowball and like willie said it won't be for everyone but damn for the segments that they get in it's going to be just like rc cars they're either going to prove themselves and they're going to win out or, or they're not, you know? And in a lot of these segments, I think it's going to be like RC, where just that <laughs> is the way to go, <laughs> you <win>. know? So, <laughs> yeah. So, guys, welcome to the podcast. Uh, for everybody out there, these guys are at King of the Hammers right now. So it was cool to, to catch them. Uh, and sorry to peel you away from all that action, but hopefully we can have some cool action here on the podcast as well. So welcome, guys. Thank you. Um, yeah, thank you. you. You're out there. Yeah. You're out there doing the the new and interesting stuff, like the forefront. Yeah. Um, you guys pretty excited about this new space? We are, and and I and I think you know being here at King of the Hammers is a great example of where we're starting to see, you know, this type of technology, battery electric vehicle or hybrid technology, kind of working its way through the aftermarket into performance, into motorsports, um, and we're we're super excited to be here and talk about it. Absolutely. Yeah. And so, uh, I think that the RC car analogy was awesome. And I, you guys did a great job of selling me and I'm already all in. So uh, it sounds really exciting. <laughs> but you also mentioned, you know, the, let the OEMs do what they're going to do. They're going to do what they're going to do. And they're hyper focused on efficiencies, obviously, to improve their cafe. Right. Or their, their mileage right. average. The aftermarket is is unique in every way, shape and form. And we're going to figure out ways to take things that weren't necessarily designed for hyper. I mean, you know, that were designed for hyper mileage and we're going to turn them into you know things that make things more fun so that the aftermarket is gonna, i think going to do a good job with this and there's nothing like the lure of performance 
across the board. That will draw you you know, in faster than anything else. So how they plan on doing it, we'll tackle that next. It's the Two Guys Garage Podcast. He's Kevin Bird. I'm Willie B. And those guys are smart. We'll see you after the break. It is the Two Guys Garage Podcast. He is Kevin Bird. I am Willie B. And, man, it's interesting because any racing, for me it was motocross, right? There's a moment when I was a novice rider, and I used to ride a two-stroke. Well, there was this big shift, man, big shift in what four strokes were doing compared to two strokes and the torque curve they had. And all of a sudden, I remember one year, it was probably, you know, early 2000s, a lot of the people showed up for the first season race and they converted themselves over from two stroke to four stroke. And a lot of us two stroke guys were like, oh, no way. what's the four stroke doing yeah. out here? You're thinking an old XR 400 or something, right? Yeah, no doubt. And, you know, yeah. and then the gate drops and all of a sudden, we're all 40 bikes hustling to one turn, right? Big right-hander turn. And all of a sudden, we look up ahead. And normally, you know, where I'm fourth or fifth because, you know, I'm a big guy. I'm 200-plus pounds. All of a sudden, man, me and my two-stroke buddies are ninth and tenth. And four-strokes are out in front of all of us. And we're like, what? That was a big pivotal moment. Like, uh-oh, we saw how they power through turns. And for bigger people, bigger guys, Man, it wasn't that long before everybody started shifting over that way. And I think it's a lot like this. Performance has the lure, right? If all of a sudden half of the field has got a much faster platform and they're able to get around a course or a track much faster than you are on your old setup, chances are you're going to be faster on that too. And that's such an attraction for so many people of that competitive nature and spirit. I know, I know for Kevin, for myself, man, it's one thing to talk a big game and have a gas-powered cool car or race car or whatever – it's another thing to get spanked repeatedly. Um, and, you know, you finally want to go, you know what? I want to be, in, I want to be on that winner side. I, I like winning. <laughs> yeah. So, so on that note, right, uh, everybody wants to be on the winning side. Uh, every car dude, performance guy, whatever, with, you know, some V8 in their past, um, you know, around them is all going to be talking about I'm giving up my sound. And, I, man, I, I'm a guy. I'm an engineer. I've been designing engines for 20 plus years and it's going away. I'm gonna to have to get a new job, right? So if there's anybody out there that hates to see it go away, it's me, but I'm interested to see what are all my why buys, right? Performance is huge. So from you guys' perspective, what is the, the rationale? Why is in, you know, in these performance segments and fun segments, right? What makes the EV, let's say in so many ways, a, a, a thing to buy, a thing to do? Yeah, you know, I, I think just being out here at King of the Hammers, this is a great example of where we're kind of seeing, you know, that that transition happen and learning about how to leverage electric powertrain technology in a different way. So out here in the rocks, as you can imagine, you know, at lower speed, really good, accurate power control, um, that really software controlled power delivery. Um, we're not relying on mm. the engine management system, fuel, air fuel ratios the same way where we've got digital control over torque values that we can deliver to the wheels in a very accurate, um, specified way. And so out here in the rocks, you know, we're seeing um, with this vehicle, we partner with King of the Hammers and Dana to build this all kind of new electric, you know, rock crawling machine. And with 400 horsepower and, and about 880 foot pounds of torque delivered, uh, we're seeing it outperform thousand plus horsepower equivalent vehicles, right? So, you know, that's just kind of where in one use case, uh, it's just new technology. We're learning to leverage it in a completely different way. And, it, and it's exciting. Jake, Jake, you see any man tears out there yet? You see any full, like the, 
You know, like the Indian when he saw somebody littering or some some old rock crawler that's out there, and he just big alligator tear rolls down his cheek, like no. You know, I I think in some ways, you know, like we all feel kind of the hesitation around it. You know, there's a lot of controversy around electric. Um, there's a lot of questions of like why, you know. But honestly, out here, we're we're getting really good reception. Just a lot of eyes wide open. You know, excited to learn about new things, do new things. And and it's a good place to introduce it, you know, because this is a place where guys... It's a proving really, ground. It's a proving ground. They're focused on yeah. performance. Like, right. how it, do I get to the top faster? And that's all that yeah. matters. Well, you brought up one good example I never would have thought about. How you can, you know, better control that torque and, you know, power or whatever in different scenarios. And I bet you have a whole bunch of more uh, examples like that. So I'll let you guys roll on it. Like, what are all the other interesting things that you stumbled on or think that, wow, we're going to, you know, we're going to take the steps to get those things in place. Like what is new about EV that we never thought about? And so when we're going to give up our sound, we're going to get A, B, C, D, and F, you know? Right. Yeah. So as, as Jake was mentioning, having the ability to program the torque in based on the pedal mapping is huge. So you can mm -hmm. have, you know, people know an AC motor, DC motor offers 100% torque on demand at zero RPM. So at one RPM, you have full torque available to you, which is awesome, but it's also not necessarily good for the tires are coming off a corner. So what you can also do is you can program in torque by time for a quarter mile, torque by vehicle speed if you're road racing, or torque in the pedal map itself. So you can have it come in real heavy or have it ramp in based on how the person manipulates their, their foot. And in this realm too, much like uh, programmable engine management, we have changeable maps that have different programs. So you can have a wet map, a crawl map, you know, a, a full send map and such. Yeah. Full send map. Full yes, send. Yes, I like that guy. I love full send. Um, <laughs> and, you know, Jake and I, we're full full petrol heads. So the exhaust note, I mean, I still get the chills when I hear a great exhaust note and that'll never go away. But believe it or not, there's some sounds that come with EVs that are associated with performance as well. But that comes with time. I think one of the most exciting components to anyone who's building a race car is the maintenance cost. I was going to go there, yep. So Steve Hull Right. So Steve Huff has a 200 mile an hour drag. First quarter mile EV dragster goes 200 miles an hour. He did some calculations. And if he's using commercial power to recharge, it's costing him about 90 cents a pass. And he's going 200 miles an hour, 2000 horsepower electric EV. Now, the build cost was substantial, but his operational costs are minimal and he doesn't rebuild anything. He's been running the car for four years. Now. Say 90 cents a pass. Yeah, so, so that, you know, that's, yeah. that's cool. You know, to me, <laughs> crazy. Yeah, right. You know, I, I one thing wow. too, and 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 it's kind of if you guys want to go down this path, I think it's really important. Is you know the next generation. Like it's hard for me to not talk about electric and get excited about next generation. And one of the things, so we have a, we have a customer building cars called Sierra Car. They build a single seat open wheel car used for competition and high performance driving. I saw that thing. It's nasty cool. It's, it's unbelievable. They're jumping it over 100 feet. You know, it's super capable. But here's the thing yeah. is, we can detune the performance of that car, and we can put a young driver, young inexperienced driver in a car that over time we can unlock the power and give them full full potential of that that car's performance. But we can do it safely. Um, and, and the way, so, so kind of rebuilding the grassroots within motorsport and getting people into the sport, um, lower cost, safer you know it's great technology so these are all things and then the next thing i would say is we cannot forget about hybrid hybrid 
is such an incredible thing coming to aftermarket. We haven't seen it leveraged in the aftermarket and we're super excited as a company. We're doing hybrid programs. So, so tell us about that. Yeah, because when we think hybrid, we think about, well, there's two ends, but most of the OEs we think about is like a hybrid escape. whoop de doo You know, okay, I got some better fuel economy from performance, not so great. Yeah, from Porsche and, you know, a supercar, you know, which we're not as exposed to, absolutely there's a whole lot going on. So tell us what you guys imagine as hybrid in the aftermarket. Sure. Well, you know, you think an engine needs RPM to develop its, you know, get up to its efficiency curves, right? So smaller turbochargers, we're helping that pump it full of air. So at a higher efficiency at a lower RPM, you still need, let's say it's a, a really efficient, high boost, smaller displacement engine. You can get peak torque at 15 to two, 1500 RPM to 2000 RPM. If we're slicing, you know, we're looking for milliseconds or seconds on a track. How do you feel? How do you get rid of that gap? And the only way to do that is with a torque assist device, i.e. an EV motor strapped to the crankshaft, you know, and, you know, just loose terms. But if you can now take a hundred horsepower EV motor to assist the crank spinning up to where the motor, the engine is actually seeing higher efficiencies, man, it is a win-win. You go to tabletop torque curve, tabletop power curve. It's just, it, it's the best of both worlds. Absolutely. Well, I'm going to, I'm going to add to that. So, right, especially in the OE world, like you said, because of turbo lag, all the turbos that are on OE vehicles are extremely small and they provide that low end torque. They take a downsized engine and make it feel pretty good, but then it chokes out not only power, uh, but fuel, right? Because all that exhaust back pressure feed through a tiny turbine, right? So from a, a performance hybrid standpoint, just like you said, now you can upsize the turbo, let that sucker breathe, let it make a whole lot more power on the same engine and fill in the bottom of the torque curve with that EV motor all the way across the range. Uh, so there's a nice marriage that you can have, not just on performance, but you know, the OE world and whatever, we're thinking about racing and, and, and um, range, right? So you can un uncork, an engine, let's say, and get more fuel out of it. So it's a happy marriage, um, not only for the OE version, but the performance side, the supercar and aftermarket. I want to throw something on top of that. So we've got legislative and regulatory headwinds for engine builders and dyno shops all over the country. You want to put a supercharger or turbocharger or bigger turbocharger on an engine that's going to increase the airflow through. Suddenly you have to jump through all sorts of hoops to try to get an exemption number on that. Without an exemption number, you're breaking the federal law not a good place to be. Now, imagine being able to throw 100 horsepower or 200 horsepower virtually across the entire RPM range and no impact on emissions. Yeah, you guys are hitting it from a different angle, right? Yeah, you've got a whole lot of California and other states where you can't go and make more engine horsepower. Like you said, you can't put the big turbo on and supercharger or whatever else, but you can throw an EV and mate those yeah, two together. Name. So that's a really <laughs> right. interesting take. So get do you have an example in your head of, of an application just to get people painting that picture of, of the future? What are you guys excited about what you're building for the, for the future? Because I, I jumped on your website and looked at some of these models. Like he was mentioning the Sierra, saw that crazy video of that car. Uh, what a wild ride that is. But w where do you see it? You know, where are you guys excited about? What, what are some of the models people should look at? Yeah, so so you know, there's there's kind of two halves of Hypercraft as as a company. So we, we specialize in in advanced powertrain systems, electric and hybrid. 
And a lot of the commercial applications for, for our product technology go into things like the marine industry, into the defense, military defense industry, um, as well as motorsport racing and aftermarket. So we're seeing a lot of the in-house development that we're doing with our commercial partners, vehicle manufacturers and hybrid. One great example is, is uh, the BC Customs vehicle, which they also build racing vehicles, but they build special operations military uh, platforms. Yeah, it looks like a yep. military vehicle, yep. man. It's awesome. Yeah. And, and that is a parallel hybrid system with a, with a diesel engine. So currently it's got a Cummins diesel engine. It's got an electric motor, high voltage, uh, uh, high power battery system on board. And so it has the ability to, to do many things functionally um, that, that kind of meet, uh, meet that, that mission statement for that vehicle platform. So uh, you can run it in an all electric mode. You can run in a diesel only mode. You can regenerate the battery pack on the fly. Um, and so this is, this is like when we talk about hybrid, you know, whether it's, you know, in, in some of these applications where, where we're going after some type of function, functionality that's really crucial to the vehicle platform, um, or in motorsports or the aftermarket performance aftermarket, hybrid is that true win-win, right? Because we're leveraging all the benefits of both technologies into one platform. And that's what we get super excited about. I think for us as a company, there are going to be applications where a complete electric, a battery electric vehicle is the best solution. Uh, we raced Pikes Peak with the Sierra car platform. Lucy Block drove drove the Sierra up Pikes Peak. Yeah. And, and with a fixed distance um, course where you have a huge elevation change, an all-electric vehicle platform is going to be the fastest up the mountain, right? But when we're out here at King of the Hammers, you know, a full electric, we're giving up range. So how do we get range back? You know, hybrid situation. And that's... that's right. Man, hey, I was down there. I, I live in Colorado just outside. You can see Pikes Peak from my front yard and uh, was down there for a lot of the races. Man, there's so much chatter about the electric vehicle, what you guys brought, uh, what the, the time it put down and how fast it was. Everybody was chit-chatting about it uh, all in Colorado Springs and, and Denver and the motorsports scene after that. It was a pretty big splash. Sure. Uh, still really cool, man. I know a lot of people that race and drive up there. So let's let's take a quick break. We'll come back more with Hypercraft. Check about Hypercraft USA. They're building some crazy stuff. When we get back, let's talk more of the performance stuff. We had a little bit of the hybrid talk. But performance, man, that wins us all over. Talking big-time performance coming up next. It's the Two Guys Garage Podcast. He's Kevin Bird. I'm Willie B. And still, those guys are smart. We'll see you after the break. It is the Two Guys Garage Podcast. He's Kevin Bird. I'm Willie B. We have Kirk and Jake on from Hypercraft USA. Check them out, hypercraftusa.com. Dude, this is an exciting conversation because we're just talking about the hybrid Right where we could see that battery joined in with that that gas-powered uh, combination of where that could go. Um, when we talk performance, though, right now, man, it's wild to see electric coming on so strong. And it's weird with electric because as us car guys, us petroheads, if you will, um, you know, when we think power, everybody likes to talk horsepower, but torque's the fun number. Uh, you guys have so much of it in electric and it's so instant, you can't help but be addicted to that. And with, I don't know, with the suspension you're able to get with the CG, I imagine the fun factor of some of these builds is kind of crazy to be walking around the old Hypercraft USA plant and want to take a test drive on some toys. It's pretty wild. I mean, from from some pretty incredible builds, race vehicles and, and some other things, we have a 1,200 horsepower Mustang electric all-wheel drive Mustang in the shop right Dude, now. 1,200 horsepower all-electric all-wheel drive 
Mustang. What year? 67. 67. 67 All right. So that, that's the, that's, that's a hard one to digest. So tell me what your yeah. thoughts are on that one, right? Cause you know, I could see a lot of applications that I'm not thinking when I see it, like, oh, that's going to make a great sound. That's a rumbling V8. That's nasty. There's a lot of applications that just have whatever in it. And if you made it EV and you made it super wicked fast, I'd be like, okay. Right. But a 67 Mustang is one where I'm like, that one hurts a little bit. So what is your, <laughs> what is your take? Have you been in the car, been around it? Like it's what's, all wheel drive, 1200 horsepower. Yeah. Man. So that's a different, you know, recipe there. Like that might make up for not making room, room sounds. So what is that one like? I will say one thing. We're seeing 1,200 horsepower in EV numbers. And yeah. when you talk, when you all know the dyno and power under the curve is, means everything. That separates. You can see one engine that makes peak horsepower, 800 horsepower. This one makes 450. It will spank the 800 all day long because the power under the curve is greater. Yeah. Well, imagine here we are, 1,200 horsepower. That's from one RPM. That's what I'm talking about. Like, walk me through this experience stop it, stop it. that's just mean <laughs> yeah that's just being abused that's a point of abuse yeah i mean it's <laughs> violent performance it, it doesn't even you know I, I mean and and look we're it's an in-development car none of us have experienced it at full power i've been in the car at about 40 percent of its power potential and it's savage. wow I, I mean like like it's i mean it's <laughs> more than <laughs> you get in a thousand horse all-wheel drive car and this thing would spank that so it's you know, we don't even know. I mean, it's theoretical zero to 60 is 1.2 seconds. So, you know, so we, 1200 horsepower with all the weight where you want it, want it to be. And then yeah. you can manipulate the torque to where it makes sense. Yeah. So you and mentioned think, torque, you know, torque by wheel or torque vectoring. You know, if you if you add that into the equation, it just makes it that much more fun. You know, what my brain and my emotions are all doing right now, like all all kind of twisted up because you say these really great things. And then like I miss the sound part about it, but then you, you talk about this over here and I'm like, wow, you know, this is, it's a new paradigm. we got to wrap our brains around this. It's going to take a little bit. So I, I, just, I just want to put something out there. We, we like racing. I grew up in New Jersey. E-Town was my home track, raced motocross, drag raced. And as the area grew up uh, or developed, they encroached on the track to the point where they've got to shut mm -hmm. down. Yep. Tragic. It's happening a lot. Right? It's True. happening a lot. Just, just happened to abandon me. Yeah. In Denver, just happened in Denver. Wednesday night, you know, Wednesday night yep. test in tune, Friday night challenge, you know, all these things that fall out the window. Well, imagine if you had a car that didn't make that exhaust sound or that exhaust note that we all love so much, but it didn't disrupt the neighbors. Suddenly we're racing again. We could be racing seven days a week. And it was twice as yeah. fast. Yeah. So <laughs> that goes for motorcycles. Yeah. It goes for power sports. This goes for every vertical there is. And, and we're, we're kind of hyper-focused on motorsport. One, because we love it, but two, I think it's just an awesome proving ground because you're really flogging it and not just showing up to, to prevent the yeah, but, oh, it's, it, yeah, but it's quiet. No, yeah, but it's faster and it's more fun and it's lower cost long term, you know, and then, oh, I can race it any day of the week and not draw attention to myself or to the event. And the two motor, four motor, like all wheel drive, like all these things that were so, so difficult with a conventional gas powertrain, transmission, the whole bit. Um, you know, just a small win. There's a little go-kart track here by my house, and it's electric. It's, it's indoors, you know, and, and you know what? When I go race those things with my friends, now granted, it's a little, you know, little bitty four-stroke engine. I'm not really missing that sound, but I'm not missing the smell. I'm not missing really anything about it, 
right? So a small, easy win, and I'm sure there's so many easy wins. And when you produce 1,200 EV horsepower, all-wheel drive, even in something as classic as a 67 Mustang, that's a tough challenge. But there's probably a win even in there, you know? Oh, I think so. I think so. I think that is improve, improvement on a Mustang, to be honest. I'm just, you know, call me crazy. But, ask um, yourself. Ask yourself. You've got a, an equally cool Chevelle Camaro, even same Mustang, and you pull up in your 1,000 horsepower, your 2,000 horsepower, and you go line to line next to that guy in the all-wheel drive EV that just smokes your ass every single time. And, and on every format, every, every format, format, whether it's a road course, you know, eighth mile, quarter mile, pick your pavement, bro. I'm I'm slopping up your lunch, bro. I'm taking taking you to Gappleville, you know. It'll make you think twice uh, about, um, you know, where you put your money the next time. You know, what you're building, yeah, what you're yeah. driving, you know, or at least your acceptance criteria, you know. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm like, everybody's eating their Gapple Bees. <laughs> when, when you're thinking about this performance, so where do you think the ceiling is? Where do you think it's, it's going to go? Um, and, and really, uh, what's limiting right now? Is it battery technology? Is it getting power to and from that battery? Is it still thermal management? What, what seems to be the, the hurdle? Before, before you go, I, I just want to interject something. So we're talking about that Mustang you know, and all the power. I'd like to note that those are off-the-shelf packages. So that's a D1000 SI package that's available off-the-shelf from Hypercraft. So the beauty here is like, if you're building something that powerful, it's typically incredibly high strung. This is a package that we put together. That's it's, it's an off the shelf item that anyone can buy. And, and to Jake, what's all included in the package. When you say a package, what, it, what's all included? That's the motors, inverters, harnessing, cooling systems and such. Battery charging and, system. Yeah. And then the battery and, and charging system is a separate item because that revolves around what the use case is going to be. Cause you have different types of battery cells and then different size or capacities for range. But if you're building a week yeah, rear and you only need 40 to 80 miles range, you can be all the way down in 40 kilowatt hour pack, which mm -hmm. is really small, you know, in a couple hundred pounds. So that's uh, these are just things that when I when when you talk to people, I always walk away. I forget my God, I didn't tell I didn't I didn't mention the fact that this isn't all custom. This isn't bespoke. We go everywhere from 150 horsepower all the way up to 1200 horsepower in packages, you know, in power packages. Yeah. And, and I'll say, uh, cause this is a, this is going to be another conversation for sure, because we, we need to learn what this stuff is, right? Most people have never seen it, touched it. And what are the components and, and how do you build it? Going to SEMA this year, uh, was really cool because a lot of the manufacturers, like you guys had things out on display. You could really see what's involved, the kits. I want the small, I want the medium, I want the big, I want the super badass. Uh, like it's coming and it's here. We think about the OEs and how complicated all that stuff is. And what do I do with 800 volts? And what do I plug, what do I plug in? Well, these guys have plug and play, right? You get a crate motor, you get a crate motor with transmission. You get the two controllers and the harness and there it is. You connect your wires and boom. Well, that's what these guys are doing. And I want to dive into that for sure. I don't think we got enough time in this podcast, but we need to learn. And I think everybody else is kind of itching to, to kind of get into what all this stuff is. But yes. How do you incorporate your package into a yeah. build? Like what's the, give us the mechanism that, that allows that to, to marry, to, to marriage your battery stuff with, with a traditional frame. Like I said, man, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a kit, whatever size and configuration. And um, 
I think we'll get into it for sure, but kind of like picking, do you want the big long stroke torquey motor? Do you want the high revving dual overhead cam motor? You know, do you want the five speed manual? Do you want the six, six speed automatic? Yeah. You, you pick your poison and that's what these guys are starting to deliver. Right. You know? I mean, our, our goal has always been to take the complexity out of it and, and put all the pieces together because you know, there's so many talented builders and creatives out there that that know how to integrate these components mechanically. We can support with a lot of it. But, you know, to Kirk's point, I think what's exciting is to see that creativity happening in the aftermarket. We've talked a lot about how the OEMs, their motivations was driving them. We have a different motivation. You know, this is passion driven. We're learning in the aftermarket how to utilize this technology. And I think that the, the, the performance is driving it. Hypercraft is a performance company, performance brand. And and in a way, we've kind of commoditized performance. It's no longer about how do we get more horsepower, more torque. We have so much of it. It's really how do we apply it. Isn't that weird, yeah. man? Yeah. We're, we're in a backwards scenario where we've always, Willie and I, I mean, from- It was the other side. From day one driving it? a how car. How do we get that power? Always three horse, five, 15, 30. You know, all of a sudden we're, we're in huge numbers, but we're still getting more. You guys have so much, you don't even know what to do with it. <laughs> you know, it's like- I want to know how do you connect it up? <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, exactly. What the motor package looks like? How do you incorporate that into your your build and so forth? Just kind of wild to think about where it's all, you know, happening and going, and and you know, you guys at the forefront. Um, what are some what if you guys had any vehicle before you run out of time that you could bring home? Like, honey, Hypercraft gave me a choice of any ride that we build to bring home uh, and have. What? Which one would you take, and why? Well, look, there's a couple we can't talk about, right? So <laughs> that's the ones I want to know about. Come yeah, on, <laughs> come on, man. <laughs> Spill beans. Give, give us a little little hint. Look, I you you know I'm just gonna say because I I've, I've spent some really awesome time in the Sierra car. Um, you know I, I think the Sierra car embodies everything that's amazing about integrating electric technology in the vehicle platform. It's raw. It's, it's kind of uncensored, right? And you hear everything. You hear the tires and the suspension and the brakes. And it's kind of sound. People don't think it has a sound, but electric, it's a, it it's a different it's a, it's a different sound, but there's a sound. There's a sound. I mean, there's, well, yeah. we, we started with just the raw exhaust sounds. That's what we thought was cool, right? We want to emulate a race car and whatever else. And then somewhere, uh, gears, like in a blower or a wine. All of a sudden, that's... Cool. And then there was the whoosh in a turbo. Like, who would have ever so said, oh, man, yeah. whoosh is where it's at until we emulated <laughs> a sound that a turbo makes, you know, like there's nothing cool about a whoosh or a whistle, you know, yeah. or, puh, 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 you know, but somehow when something is doing something really cool and makes that sound, it becomes cool. And I think to your point, right, EV, yeah, you have the crackle. Too. Yeah, EV is going to have its own noises and eventually we'll be like that yeah. thing's going fast man and i want to make that not so much sound but it's cool you know jake you said sierra car for you what package like what package would you put to 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 the the pavement in it <laughs> yeah we haven't <laughs> built right now okay just so you guys know like so our so we we you know the powertrain that's in the sierra car is the r300 si and it's you know at 450 volts it puts out about 300 horsepower peak um, in a in a sub fifteen hundred pound car, you it it does track times. We had it at an IMSHA race. It does track times um, the same as the the nine eleven GT Cup 
cars do. So it's it's Jesus. insanely fast for wow. a car you can buy, you know, for sub hundred thousand dollars in our in an R spec. Um, so now, yeah. So think about a think about a single seat side by side that's a little bit lower, and you could either take it out on the desert, or it sounds like you can put street tires on it and do. Yeah, some kind of road slick. course stuff. So a little bit of a ver versatile, yeah. Now there is an inverter upgrade uh, that would bring that to to almost 500 horsepower, uh, which is which is what Kirk is talking about. And a 1500 yeah. pound yeah. platform. Yeah, a 300 super a, unmanageable. Yeah, a 300 horsepower. It has the power to weight ratio as a, a Ferrari F7 Tributo. So to, to give it, you know, like give it a street context, but then. You know, change the tires, change yeah. the the dampening on the shocks, and maybe spring spring heights, and you you can be on a rally cross track. So, what about you, Kurt? What which one would you take? So, so my my challenge is I live in L.A. and uh, I love you know. There's a lot of green ish people around in their Priuses and Teslas. I'd love to have an H1 Hummer with about two thousand horsepower EV. <laughs> blast! <laughs> so traffic could you know I could part the traffic if I need it. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> um, right on. That's quite a spectrum, right? From the Sierra to the Hummer, right? Well, I've 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 been drifting at sixty miles an hour sideways in a Sierra car, and I'll tell you that that experience is life changing. So it's hard it's hard Absolutely. for me. To be, I don't think Kirk's had that experience. Yet. No. Yeah. We'll get there. Well, the, man, the more we, the more we talk to you guys. You know, the, the more I'm slowly wrapping up. I want to go for a test drive. <laughs> new scenarios, new combinations, new experiences, right? New ways of experiencing performance that, you know, we've had lots of cool ones with our conventional ice stuff. But, man, there's just new and different and wow moments that are kind of happening every day and just going to sprinkle through life in the next, you know, five, ten years as we're just man god building newer cool stuff yeah, I, I geek out on speed on on miles per hour on you know zero to 60 times i can't wait to get into something crazy electric so all right man thanks for your time so much man we learned a lot we're definitely gonna have you guys back on uh where do people find you guys online just hypercraft usa all the social everything there yeah hypercraftusa.com yep man all right, man. Big ups to you guys. Congratulations. Thanks, Have a blast at the King of Hammers. Uh, and go out there and kick some butt, man. Hey, don't forget about our show, Aaron Weekends on the Motor Trend Network. Check your local listings. It's also available on Motor Trend Plus. There's streaming format, easy and great way to find us. Thanks for our guests, Hypercraft USA, Kurt and Jake. Our producer, Scoop, executive producer, Bob Ecker. He's Kevin Bird. Those guys are smart. I'm Willie B for the Two Guys Garage podcast. All right, man. Don't forget to check out our website, too, at twoguysgarage.com. Check us out on social, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Two Guys Garage. And the Two Guys Garage podcast, it's copyright 2024, Brenton Productions Incorporated, all rights reserved. All right. So next time, guys, next time we're going to break down. Are we off? Uh, we're going to roll for all a couple right. more seconds here, man. Next time we're going to have you guys on and just walk through, right? Because we don't, we don't. Dude, wrap it up. He's going to tell us what they're building that we can't talk right, about. Wrap right. it up. Wrap well, it up. Well, we're going to learn about what, what you're your packages look like. How do you order one? How do you pick one? How do you size it? How do you get it in a vehicle? So I think that's right. We, we talked about what it's bringing, but let's talk about how do we do it? So you should be on site so you can see all that firsthand and then hop in a car in our parking lot. Okay. Well, bring it. So we're going to say goodbye because they're going to tell us the stuff that they couldn't tell you. So 
Hope you enjoyed the podcast today. Learned something new. The future is here, guys. We'll see you on the next Two Guys Garage podcast. Two Guys Garage podcast is a production of Britain Productions. For more episodes, visit iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows.